Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. So come on, we're going to get into the Word today. And um, I just, uh, last night's team night was just unbelievable tonight. Um, if you were unable to make it, I'm going to put the video and the audio online. I encourage you, if you say, Ryan, Love City Church is my home, you need to go online and listen to the message I preached last night. I preached six things that we're going to focus on uh, this next year. And so go online and listen to that. I'll put it up uh, probably tomorrow. And last night around midnight, I sat down to put my final touches on this message. And I'm walking to my bed as I'm about to get in bed. The, whole, the, the Holy Spirit came and just the God dropped a thought on my heart. Go back to your computer. I got another thought for you. And I thought, dang it. So I went back and I wrote a new thought and, uh, last night. And so uh, praise Jesus. We're going to go through that t- this morning. So um, I'm excited to share it with you because I feel like I'm going to be casting kind of a, a really big, uh, big vision for next year. And uh, I believe that we all get to play a large part in that. So I'm going to talk to you about five things today, five things that we want to be and do in 2019. In 2019, we will continue to be in our, our organic in nature, but biblically organized. 2019, we're going to go from a, a, an organic in nature church to an organically biblically organized church. And what this means is in Acts chapter 6, look what this says in this verse. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom, and we will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Now, you might not know this, but over the last four months as a church, we've been actually putting a biblical uh, organization, biblical leadership into the church because we believe that in Acts chapter 2, when God moved in the church he moved in a mighty way as you if you've read it before the holy spirit came down upon uh, the christians that were there peter stood out on a, a deck and preached a message about jesus and when he preached this message the people that were listening in that day were so cut to the heart by the words that peter spoke they said what do we do what do we do and peter turned to them and said you need to repent of your sins turn to god be water baptized be filled with the spirit and this isn't just for you this is for your children and your children's children this is something Something that will impact your generation, your genealogy for years to come. And that day, 3,000 plus people accepted Jesus Christ into their lives. And that was the start of the church. It was organic. It started overnight in the, in the, in the, in the flash of a, uh, the snap of a finger and the flash of a moment. God came down and something radical happened and the church started. And it was this movement of God that came from nothing. But for a while, they were just this organic, smaller environment in these communities and then the church began to grow and people started getting frustrated. I'm going to talk to the Christians for a minute. This is what happens when you go from church to church. You get into a church, you love it, you care for it, and then you start getting frustrated. And the reason you're getting frustrated because God's doing something in your life, God's doing something in the church, and often we want to run out the door because we're frustrated with the church, when in reality, God actually wants you to lean in a little bit more and be a part of the growth that God is trying to do in that church. 
So we encourage you today, when you start to get frustrated at Love City Church, don't point your finger at the pastor or a leader or somebody. Just say, okay, what's God? God's moving here. God's beginning to grow in me. And he's beginning to grow in this community. How can I lean in to be ready for the growth that God's going to do in this church and in my life? There was an important shift that happened. They went from an organic church to an organically organized church. And so what we're going to focus on, and I just had to say this to get it out in the open, the four things we're focusing on this year is our Sunday gatherings where we can experience the presence of Jesus, where people that, that, you don't, that don't know God, can, you can invite them to come, and I write messages that hopefully is applicable to believers and unbelievers, and you can come and bring your friends and your family groups, a place where there's discipleship. We believe in discipleship, discipleship, discipleship. Go and make disciples. The fourth, third thing is our next steps and grow process today. If you're new to the church, you've never been through our Next Steps class, it starts today for the very first time from 11.30 to 12.30. It's a short 27-minute video, a high-quality video that you'll love, and then my wife and I will come in. Free lunch, free child care. We encourage you to go to that. And the last thing is our teams, which is how we make a difference. And look what happened. When the church made that shift, look what happened in verse 7. So, the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased how? Rapidly. And a large number of priests, religious folks, became Christians. <laughs> religious folks isn't just those who are steeped in a religion. Religious folks are also those who sit in the church who are just religious folks. <laughs> they get saved, find Jesus. And so we want to make a shift. We want to go from an organically, uh, organic church as we grow. We sense there's this frustration. Okay, what do we do? And now we want to put these things in place as we begin to focus in this next year on being an organic community, family, friendly, partnership, love, togetherness, doing it all as the early church did. But now we need biblical organizations. So I'll get beyond to the next one. We'll move on to the good stuff in a minute. Don't worry. In 2019, we will be committed to building a healthy church with God ideas, not just good ideas. God ideas, not just good ideas. It's easy to focus on good things, but we need to focus on God things. Look at this verse in Acts 2. So after the church happened and God moved in a mighty way, Acts 2, 42, it says, they devoted themselves to the, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and of prayer. They said, listen, we are going to devote ourselves. We are going to commit ourselves to these God-right things. That is all we will be focused on. We're going to be focused on the, the apostles' teaching, the preaching that Jesus Christ lived a, a sinless life and that he was 100% man and 100% God and he healed the sick and he raised the dead and he restored people back to life and he brings eternal life and he died on the cross, a, bur a brutal murderer's death for no reason at all an innocent man God on the cross died buried for three days and was the only man ever to rise again from the dead in our history and revealed himself to over 500 people on that day that is the apostles teaching and that's the message that we preach he preached the, the apostles' teaching. They believed in community, koinonia, discipleship, groups. They believed in breaking bread with one another. We did that last night at our team night. They believe in praying with one another in corporate prayer, which we're launching in the new year. Uh, we're having corporate prayer every Wednesday night from 7 to 8, and you're welcome to come. We're going to be a church of prayer because we believe that we want to invest ourselves into God ideas, not just good ideas. And these good ideas are great, but God wants us to be focused on the things that he's called us to be focused on. And look what happened. Acts chapter 2. 
Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give anyone, uh, to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. So what was the result? There was an overwhelming sense that God is in this church. God is present here. God is in our midst. My goodness, God is up to something good here at Love City Church. There was this sense of, yes, God is here. There was an awe, a fear for the Lord. There was signs and wonders, physical miracles, people needing financial things done. They, I got to pay this bill. I got to do this thing. And God comes through. You've got a sickness in your body. You've got a marriage that's irreplaceable, irreparable. There's no way. And God comes and brings reconciliation through the, the body of Christ. Or maybe you've been dealing with depression and discouragement or whatever it might be. God comes and does a mighty miracle in your life. This is the result of doing God ideas. Right. We see that there is no consumerism. They had everything in common. There was no me, 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 me mindset. There wasn't a culture or a church that said, I'm here for my benefit or here for my uh, expression or my experience. It wasn't about that. They said, no, it's about the other persons. I want to, everything I have, I share in common with my brothers and sisters in Christ. There was no consumerism in the entire church and there was incredible generosity. So much so that, 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 that my car was your car. Just be, be careful with it. That my house was your house that my things were your things, that it wasn't an isolated North American concept. It was this togetherness, the extravagant generosity that flowed from God ideas. And they were committed to gathering together. They committed every day together. <laughs> they got together every single day in the temple court and in, the house, in their houses. Every single day they were committed to gathering together. Okay. So this is the verse that as I share that with you, I want to kind of take a little bit of a turn to the right. And after this verse, so we see, we see that, that we went from an organic church to an organically organized church, and the church grew. We see that, that when the Holy Spirit came down upon the church and they were committed to God ideas, the church will grow. Look what the verse says in Acts 2.47. It says, And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. How often? daily. I begin to, I've been spending like literally three months just staring at this verse, trying to wrap my brain around what that means. So who did the adding? Well, the Lord did, but did the Lord just like zap everybody and tell them to go to church? Was it, did everyone have this angelic experience with Michael, the archangel? Did everyone have a moment where they were sitting in their home and God came in the room and knocked them off their chair? I mean, did all of these people have these God incredible moments? Because I don't know about you. I've had some God incredible moments, but I sure didn't meet Jesus that way. I met Jesus when there was a man named Alex Hernandez who came to me when I was in grade seven. And he said to me, Ryan, I believe that God wants you to be in his family. God wants you to be a part of the church. And I want to begin to read the Bible with you and spend time with you. And that was when I began to accept a journey with God, when God used his people to add to the church. Now, I'm sure there's angelic moments, and I'm sure you'd say, well, I beg to differ, Ryan. I was on that horse, and he knocked me off of it. Well, good for you. I didn't have that experience. 
And many of us here would say, I didn't have, I mean, we'd probably go around the room and say, man, yeah, it was an invitation from someone to come to church. It was a moment when I was going through a tough time and so-and-so prayed for me. It was this other moment when I didn't know where to go and I knew that this guy is a Christian or this guy is, goes to church or this guy reads the Bible. So I called them and man, now I'm here today because there was someone along my journey of life that God used to add to the church. That would mean every person in this room, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, would mean that your responsibility is that every day you should anticipate that God wants to use you to add people to his church. He wants to use us to begin to add them. Now, we don't see these people getting saved. We don't see these people finding God. We don't see these experiences, but let me just shotgun some verses at you. Are you ready? First Peter chapter 2, 9. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light, and now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. So why did Christ come and change our lives? So that we would broadcast it to the entire planet. Look at this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 11. Since we are those who stand in holy awe of the Lord, we make it our passion to persuade others to turn to God. Look at this one. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 to 20. And God has made all things new and received us to himself and given us a ministry. So us, all of us, the ministry of reconciling others to God. In other words, it was through the anointed one that God was shepherding the world, not even keeping records of their transgressions, and he was entrusted, he's entrusted to us the ministry of opening the door of reconciliation to God. So we are ambassadors of the anointed one, Jesus, who carries the message of Christ to the world. So we tenderly plead with you on Christ's behalf, turn back to God and be reconciled to him. So in 2019, we individually and as a church accept our role and our responsibility to allow the Lord to use us to add to his church. I want to take a little bit of a turn here. This is the turn God led me on last night. So here we go. (laughs) It's kind of a random verse. Luke chapter 10, verse 1 to 3. Again, we individually as a church accept our role in adding to the church. Luke 10, verse 1, 3 to 4. And it says this. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others. No namers. They weren't on the roster of the apostles. They weren't the pastors you see on TV. They weren't the guy preaching at the pulpit. They were others. We have no clue who these people are. In fact, the Bible only references them one time in verse 17. Verse 17, they came back after their mission trip and they said, Jesus, we're shocked. Why? Tell me why. Tell me all about your trip. Well, there was a bunch of people who were filled with demons and we told them to leave those people and they obeyed us. These are random old folks, accountants, moms, engineers, business owners, radio salesmen, All sorts of folks. Regular people, no namers, no one knew who they were, no one one saw their exploits, no one saw them share their faith, no one saw them step out, no one saw, we have one little verse and says, okay, now I'm going to appoint these no namers to go do the marvelous works of God in the city that I call them to be in. (laughs) No namers, look what he says. 
He sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. And he said, go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. That word appoint there actually means to be handpicked. Actually, that word in the Greek actually is the Greek word lego. L-E-G-O, lego. You guys ever seen the... Uh, Ego, Lego, my ego, but I'm, I know you're not thinking that. I was, but now I'm thinking Lego. <laughs> my son loves Legos. And when you get the box of Legos out, for any of you newer parents, when you get Legos, get a bowl, a big bowl, because when you do these Legos, there are, there are thousands of tiny little pieces that are intricate to the very foundation of this entire Lego structure working. And if you lose one piece of that little Lego, that one little fitted piece, the whole thing falls apart. It doesn't move like it should. It doesn't sound like it should. It doesn't roll like it should. It doesn't fit like it should. And you've got to take the whole thing out undo and find that stupid little piece on the ground somewhere. And finally, you pick it up and realize that one little tiny fitted Lego made all the difference in the scope of the entire thing that the master was building. And he's appointed you as a Lego piece. You say, Ryan, I don't have a very big Lego piece. It doesn't matter. The smaller you are, the more intricate you are. The more important you are. You have to understand that God called and appointed. He Legoed. He handpicked no-namers to add to his church. And he gave them direct. He sent them out on a mission to go do something for his kingdom. He said, listen, I know you're just, a, a, you just work at a job. Or I know you're just not a pastor. You're not a minister. You're not this other thing that we put so this, this level of, you go do the evangelism. You're just a regular person. You're just living your life. I want you. I handpick you. I want you to go, go, go. And he says in this verse, he appointed the 72. He called them. He fit them. And look what Jesus says to them. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Well, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> it's awesome. I accept your mission. So wolves were, in Palestine were, were common, obviously a car, common thing with shepherding. The, 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 the sheep, uh, the wolves would literally go through all of the countryside because they knew the sheep were there, and they would look for sheep who would stray or would lag behind, and these wolves would uh, attack the flock. And so if any of the sheep would kind of get off track or lag behind or not be with that, that body of sheep, they, the, the enemy would come, the wolf would come, and he would attack them. And so even the strongest of sheep would not be able to withstand this wolf's attack. And so we see in this verse that Jesus is speaking specifically about something that these people understood. They were shepherds. They were, they, were, they were workers. They understood the idea of being a shepherd in that day. And so they knew instantly he was talking about people that are trying to attack individuals that are part of a body. So there's three types of wolves that we see in the scripture. I'll just read some verses to kind of point it out. The first one is obviously wolves are those who, who oppose Christ vehemently, who, who have, have rejected you. I've had a lot of people reject. One time I had someone throw a piece of pizza at me. Like people will just reject you. Look what the scripture says. You're not going to like these, so buckle up, but you're not going to like these two verses. John 15, 20, since they persecuted me, Jesus said, naturally, well, of course, they're going to persecute you. Oh, Lord, okay. 2 Timothy 3, 12. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Huh. So when the wolves come, when you try to share your faith, right? I don't want to be rejected. Well, you just need to understand the fact that being rejected is a part of what it means to go. 
In fact, if you're not being rejected on a regular basis, maybe you're not going. You gotta go. And you gotta expect them just to say, uh-uh, I, I don't want that. That's not important to me. I don't want it. And then one time, one time, right. one time, right. one time, one time, someone's gonna hear what you say. One time, it'll change their genealogy for the rest of their history. It'll cause the genealogy records to go, well, that was awesome. <laughs> Vince is like waiting. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Jesus. That one moment, that one out of 10. If you're saying, Ryan, I don't want to share my faith because I want people to like me. Well, then you got to realize it's just a part of it. I don't want to share my faith because I don't want to be insulted. I don't want to share my faith because I want people to like me. Listen, sharing your faith, adding people to the church is just what you're called to do. That's how you were fitted. You were fitted to do that very thing. So if you're not doing, you're not acting as you were fitted. You were not acting as you were called to do it. Like, that's what God's called you to do. So we have to understand that the wolf is the who persecute us, but also the wolf is our spiritual enemy, the Satan. John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Ephesians 6, 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And lastly, wolves are sometimes just challenges we face in life. Look at this. Consider it pure joy. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials. <laughs> Don't believe as a Christian you're never going to face trials or that the wolf's never going to attack you, that when you become a Christian, you're just living in this euphoric cupcake land. Listen, it's not like that. <laughs> we all know that as you become a follower of Jesus, it actually gets a little bit harder. Well, that doesn't make sense. That's not very fun. Well, I'm really sorry to tell you that. Uh, this is just the gospel. And I know you're like, man, this isn't much of a vision. I'll tell you why I'm saying this. <laughs> I'm saying this is because in 2019, God put a number on my heart that I believe that we're going to reach next year. Right. But we can't reach it unless you're in with us. Yeah. We won't reach it unless you understand that you are fitted in this process. You are fitted in this building. You have a part to play. You have a part to play. He wouldn't call you and send you if he wasn't with you. Something you have to understand about this verse here. We have to understand that Jesus would not have sent us into this if he didn't think that he could help us through it. Jesus would not have called you. He would not have destined you and chosen you and handpicked you if he did not expect to be there with you every time. And that's why he says, go. Go, 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 go. And our resounding yes as disciples of Jesus should be, yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Whatever you want me to do, my answer is yes. You just say that with me for a minute, just on the count of three. Just, I want to hear you say it. Just what it sounds like. One, two, three. Yes. Oh, Jesus is like, hey, yeah. Yes, Lord. All right, Lord. Use me in whatever capacity you want. Lord, all I'm asking is, would you help me add to the church? We're looking at 19. We expect God to do mighty miracles in people's lives. We're looking at verse four. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals. Okay, so first of all, you're going you're gonna to be attacked by wolves, folks. <laughs> awesome. Can't wait. Secondly, I want you to leave your wallet at home, your ID at home, your credit card at home. Your, and actually, I don't want you to wear any shoes. 
I want you to remove from yourself all of these normal societal things that you are so dependent on. I want you to step away from this idea of, of man, like this whole thing of being a follower of God, is, it's, it is exciting and it is life-giving and it is powerful and it is bringing peace and it does bring you joy and it does transform your life and it does make you new and it does change your perspective and it does help your marriage. Yes, it does, but also we have to realize that God is also asking us to look at our life and say, Lord, what in our life have we been leaning on that is more about comfort than it is about obedience? <laughs> He says, I don't want you to take any sandals, don't take any money. I suggest that you take nothing with you. And the reason that he did this is because he wanted to do a miracle in their lives. He wanted his people to step out on faith and believe that if I go with no money, no sandals, man, God's going to provide a meal for me. God's going to provide a way for me. God's going to provide transportation. God's going to provide provision. God's going to provide a word. God's going to provide the faith. God's going to provide the power. God's going to provide the hope. God's going to provide the joy. God's going to provide on my journey as I walk with God in 2019. I'm not going to live for myself. I'm going to live a yes 2019 year where I'm saying yes to God. 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 Stepping out in faith, believing that when I give my money, God will give you above and beyond. That when I share my faith, God's going to come through in mighty power. That when I pray for miracles, God's going to perform a mighty miracle in the lives of people. That's what God wants for our lives. He wants us to step out in faith and believe that this year he wants you to leave your wallet at home. He wants you to leave your sandals at home. And he wants you to walk of faith, to believe it by faith that God will do mighty things through your life. He wants you to know that in 2019, he wants to do mighty, mighty, mighty miracles in your life. If you took a rubber band, I was going to bring one this morning. If you ever stretched out a rubber band really far to the point of almost breaking, what are some of the things that happen? There's heat. There's tension or tightness. And it almost feels like it's going to break. And you're almost worried that if you stretch too hard, it's going to snap and slap your finger. That's what this looks like in 2019. Now, the cool part about this is that it see, stretches, stretches you. It gets a little hot. Ooh, ooh boy, I'm out, I'm out on the, the water here. Ooh. It gets a little t- tight. Ooh, boy, money's tight here. What are we going to do? The Lord's telling me to give that. I don't know if I want to do that. The Lord's telling me to lead that. I don't know if I have the capacity. I don't know if I can do that. The Lord's telling me to start that business. I don't know if I should. It starts to get a little bit tight and a little bit hot, and it feels like if I go any farther, it's just going to hurt. Oh, my gosh, I don't want to get slapped. What happens is, Those are the moments when God does mighty miracles. Those are the moments that cause your faith to go from nominal to radical. Those are the moments when you go back to the place where you have a restoration of joy for your salvation, when you realize that I don't live this life on my own, I don't live this life with my own agenda, I don't live this life with my own strength, I am fully reliant upon God and His Spirit to lead me in this life because I know that when I do that, I experience above and beyond life. I experience what no eye has seen and what no ear has heard and know what, what, know what mine has conceived. I experience what no ma- imagination can comprehend because when we step out in faith, on the word of God, he will perform mighty miracles. So when you go to work on, on Monday 
and your coworker comes to you and says, man, I'm not feeling well today, you step out in faith. Ryan, what if they're not healed? You prayed for them, you put a seed of God in their heart, that's all that matters. And try it again. Try it again. Next time your coworker comes to you and wants to talk to you about your faith and he gets really aggressive, you just let him talk, say, that's awesome, man, I'm glad you feel that way. At the end, just say, you know what? I want you to know something. I know that you're trying to figure things out, but I love you. And I want to pray for you. And whatever I can do to serve you, let me know. Oh, yeah, well, I can't pay my, I can't pay my phone bill this month because of this. This is, hey, here's 500 bucks. Ha, here's 500 bucks. Take my money. Bless your brother. What? You're planting these seeds of faith. And guess what? God might just give you 500 bucks right back in the next second. You know how many times over my uh, 17 years of ministry, God spoke into my heart to give a financial gift, and I gave a, a generous gift, and literally within a day in the mail, I had a check for double the amount. Do you know how many times, I bet you could talk with different people in this room that have stepped out in faith. I remember one time I was praying for a young person, the Lord spoke to my heart, that there was someone in a room who was dealing with cancer. And I don't, this doesn't happen very often to me, but I just said, I just feel like right now, there's someone in the room that has in their bag a report for cancer, and that you're going to go to the doctor tomorrow, and when you go to the doctor, the cancer report will be completely removed. I was a little nervous to share this in front of a bunch of people. Well, guess what? A lady called me the next day and said, Ryan, I was that lady. I was sitting in that service. In my purse was a manila folder with my cancer, uh, my cancer uh, results. I had cancer throughout my entire body. They had given me six months to live. I went back the next day, and there was no cancer in my body. She's still here today on this planet, and she came to me and said, God did a mighty miracle in my life. I stepped out in faith. God did a miracle. God wants to do mighty, mighty miracles in your life in 2019. Luke 22, 35. Let this, then Jesus asked them, when I sent you out to preach the good news and you did not have money, a traveler's bag, or an extra pair of sandals, did you need anything? What's the answer? That word need there is a really interesting word. When I sent you out with nothing and you lived by faith, did you, did, you, did you come late? Were you tardy? Did you feel like you were behind in, in life? Did you feel like you failed to reach the goal? Do you feel like you were maybe less powerful or inferior in power? Did you feel like maybe you were wanting or you're devoid of anything in life? The answer is no. A life lived by faith is a life that God wants you to live. And you begin to step out in faith like never before and sharing your faith and living by faith, you'll start to experience what real Christianity is. Life-altering, out-of-this-planet, miracle-working power. Because we live by faith and not by sight. Number five, as we close and we land this weird plane. <clears throat> in 2019, we are dedicated to staying focused on reaching people far from him, the mission of Jesus. Look at this verse, Luke 10. And do not greet anyone on the road. Okay, so I'm going to send you out among wolves. I don't want you to have a wallet or sandals, and I don't want you to talk to anybody. <laughs> So greeting in those days, it was a big, bigger deal than us. You know, we give a high five. How's it going? Hey, what's up? Those days, it was like a 30, 45 minute conversation. Ask, if you don't ask about their family and you don't greet them, you kiss one another, you hug one another, you touch one another, you talk to one another, you have a long conversation. So what Jesus is saying here, he's not saying be rude. He's not saying be weird. Too many Christians are just too weird. Just settle down. Don't be so weird. It's one of the things people say they love about coming to our church because my wife and I, if you spend time with us, you'll know we're, we're pretty down to earth folks. I'm not going to like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. I'm a pretty weird guy. 
And I'm not an over-spiritual fellow, but I do believe in the power of Jesus Christ. And so we can't be weird and don't talk to anybody. Don't talk to me. I'm on Jesus' mission, you know. Hi, sir, what can I get you uh, at Starbucks? Uh, oh, you're supposed to know. I'm going to tell you right now. The Holy Spirit's going to speak to you right now. <laughs> don't be weird. Be real. Be authentic. Be genuine. Be who you are with all your failures and your flaws and your cursing problem and your smoking problem and your drinking problem and your marital problems. Just be you. And realize that Jesus wants to use you in those areas in people's lives. I'm not saying keep sinning. Hear my heart. I'm saying be you. And understand that the power of Jesus Christ wants to work through you. The scripture here refers to the idea of not just being rude or being distracted. It means stay focused on the mission. When you're walking down the road and all these people want to have these, you know, these distracted conversations about their life, just say, I love you, but I'm on a mission. When you have new friendships in your life, they're not godly partnerships in your life, and they start to take your time and say, I love you, but I'm on a mission. When you start finding yourself wanting to invest your finances into things that don't honor God, I, I love you, but I'm going to stay on mission. Stay on mission this year for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Stay on mission. This is kingdom business, and you need to know something. This is a very important responsibility that you and I have. This is about life and death, folks. Not only does God want you to live an abundant life, not only does he want people to experience the life and joy of Jesus Christ in this life, you know what else he wants? He wants to save people from spending an eternity in hell. We forget about this crazy, harsh reality. And I'm sorry to bring it up, but this is the reality that if you walk outside today and get hit by a bus, where will you spend an eternity, in heaven or in hell? We are grabbing people out of the gates and the grip of demonic forces of evil and pulling them out of darkness into his marvelous light. This is not just games. This isn't just church. This isn't about Edison bulbs and pipe and drape. This is about the fact that there are over 750,000 people in the city of Calgary that have never had a relationship with Jesus Christ that consider them non-religious. 55% of Calgarians call themselves Christian. 45% of people across Calgary are non-religious or committed to a religion that is not the way of God. That means, according to our current numbers in our city, Almost 800,000 people, if all of them died today, would spend an eternity in hell forever. And it is our job at this church to not just make an environment where we feel comfortable, which I want to do. Not just an environment where we feel love, which I want to do. We also understand that every single one of us is on mission, on mission to reach as many people as we can for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not just get them saved, but get them into a home, into a family of God where they can be discipled and they can be encouraged and they can have life and they can have joy and they can experience everything God has for them. And the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. And he added them how often? Daily. As we started this church, I think it was a God thing. I think God was, has been in our journey. I mean, look, look around you. God's done great things in our little two years. We gave away almost $30,000 in two years. And this year, next year, we want to give over, I would, Lord willing, give away $30,000 this year as a church to missions, to international work, to all sorts of things. We want to do an international trip this summer, Lord willing, to Italy, Sicily, and then maybe Israel, and also maybe considering a trip to Cambodia. I mean, there's a lot of cool things that are happening. So 
What I'm about to share with you in just a couple of seconds about that number isn't our only objective. There's a lot of other things that are going to come from what we're doing groups. We have lots of groups, starting freedom groups, new believers groups, finance groups, marriage groups, la la la, groups, 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 team nights, all these things. Be a part of the team, all these things. But one thing I felt the Lord really convicted me of is that, Ryan, you got too internally focused as a church. For a while there, I just feel like I started to get internal, even in my own life and my own thing. I forgot that, man, there are lots of people that need the Lord. And if I could have one thing happen in 2019, it would be that we would see people who've never met Jesus Christ before meet Jesus for the very first time. Can you imagine being in a room where you make a, are you a salvation call and people are raising their hands saying, yes, I want Jesus in my life. Don't you want to be a part of that? Not just in this room, but I want to see it happen in your home, on your couch, with your neighbor. We want to, we want to see people experience and express the love of Jesus Christ. We want to see lost people saved and saved people pastored and pastor people trained and trained people immobilized to make a difference in the kingdom of God. And we want to do that this next year. And we believe that if, if, if the Lord added to our number every single day, that would be 365 days. I believe the Lord put a number on my heart for next year that we as a church are going to three, see 365 people accept Jesus Christ into their life in 2019. So, here's my question. I have a little lifesaver pack here. This is something I want to give you today as we walk away. It says 365. Who is your five? 365 days. What are you going to do with this time? The Bible says our life is but a breath. It's gone in a moment. What are you going to give the 365 days in 2019 to? What's going to be your focus? Is it going to be your career? Is it going to be money? Is it going to be all these different things in life, which all those things aren't bad. Those are good things, and those are a part of life. And I don't want, to, I don't want you to quit living your life. But I want you to consider this year. Who is the five people in your life that Jesus Christ wants to use you to add to this church? Now, here's my honest admission. I don't anticipate that 365 people are going to start coming to our church by the end of next year. That would be amazing. There's a lot of really great churches in this city. And some people might come here and say, you know what, this isn't the place for me. And we've got a list of great churches that you can go to. But we're going to believe that by next year that our church is going to be doubled by next year. We're going to see 150 adults in this room and our children's, our kiddos, which will be like lots of kids. Everyone's having babies all the time. Jeez. Stop doing it. Just kidding. We just believe that by this time next year that we're going to see a double in our church. And you say, Ryan, I'm, I'm a little nervous about that. I like this small church environment. Remember, our objective is to be an organically organized environment to continue together to create a family environment. Now, I, I bet if I went around the room and took a poll, many of you would say, man, you know one thing I feel in this church is community. I know Ryan and Steph love me. I know this church loves me. This year, don't forsake the gathering of, of the believers. Come to church on Sunday. Be in a group. Join a team. Help us make a difference in the city. Join the mission to reach 365 souls for Jesus Christ. Who are your five? I encourage you to invite them to church on Sunday. We've got handout cards for all of our sermon series. I encourage you to invite them to a group. I encourage them to invite you into your home. I encourage you to do whatever it takes in this next, uh, next year to say, Lord, who is my five? Five people whose lives will be transformed forever. Five people 
who spent an eternity in heaven. Five people who experienced joy they've never experienced before and peace they've never experienced before and financial provision they never had before. Five people whose genealogies will be transformed from generation upon generation to come. Five people who will lead five more people who will lead five more people who will lead five more people. Five people will make a significant impact and you are just one little Lego block in this big building process. If we all say, I'm in, I'm in, let's do this. What will happen is, we will see lots of people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. You'll make friends, you'll have better relationships, it'll be a, a church full of people, groups, uh, life, marriages, kids. It'll just be what we want to be, a church for generations to come that is focused on the God ideas, not just the good ideas. Amen? Let me pray with you today. Why don't you stand up? We have one of these for every one of you. Whose life will you save this year? Five lives. This is what I want you to do. I don't want you to give this to your kids. And I want you to eat one of these until one of those people comes to Jesus. Then I want you to eat it and I want you to savor it. I want you to suck on it. I want you to love it. I want you to stick this right in the middle of your, of your car or somewhere where you can be reminded that this is your mission this year. Five to eight people. This is your mission. This is your mission. And will you join us on this mission? To reach five people in your sphere. Look at this, pray for this, consider this, and allow the Lord to use you and his body to add to his church. Let me pray. Father, we just pray right now. Holy Spirit, even right now, begin to drop those people. Moms and dads and brothers and sisters and family and co-workers. People you ride on the train with. People you work next to. I pray even right now, Father, there would be a deep compassion Lord, would you cause it to be a deep, deep compassion in Love City Church for people who don't know you, for people who are disenfranchised, for people who are in need. I pray even in this next week, God, you would reveal to them who are their five. They'd write them down. And Lord, you begin to stir a passion and a strategy and an idea on how to gently and lovingly lead them to a personal relationship with you. And as we come into our year of 2019, I pray, God, as we do our Sunday gatherings and our groups and our teams and our grow process and our missions trips and as we give money away and we do local outreach and we do all the things that we do, Lord, my one prayer is that, Father, it would be pleasant in your sight. Is that it would be a sweet-smelling aroma into your nostrils, that you would smell Love City Church and then you would say, Love City Church, good job, my good and faithful servants. No, Lord, we honor you today. We love you with all of our hearts. And as we end our time together, Father, I just pray right now, Lord, for anyone in the room who maybe doesn't know you. There we eye closed. Come on here today and say, Ryan, I would like to give my life to Jesus today. Maybe you've strayed away from him. Maybe you've just found yourself on a distant journey. You say, man, Ryan, even the things you said today, I thought I was a Christian. I don't feel like I am anymore and I need to give my life to the Lord. Maybe you're here today and you say, I just don't know God and I would like to respond today. That's you. Every eye closed. I'm not going to embarrass you. Would you just lift your hand high so I can see it today? Anyone in the room want to accept Jesus Christ into their life today? Come on. Would you close your eyes for me and just repeat after me? Lord Jesus, I give my life to you. And I commit my heart to you. I pray from this day forward that you would be glorified through my life. Forgive me of all my sins, Lord. Come and wash my life. 
Fill me with your presence. I give my life to you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.